0: This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be here's
1: Daniel Salerson. What's up? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson here at the Smoothie King Center as I'm getting ready for tomorrow's opening night between the Pelicans and the Nuggets. Can't believe The NBA season is here. It actually starts tonight, so happy opening night if you're a big basketball fan. Three games on the docket, especially a big night in Cleveland, Ohio, where the Cavs will uh, get their rings and raise their banner against the New York Knicks at 6.30 p.m. Central. They moved it up 30 minutes so that people can watch the ceremony as they are progressing their way into progressive field. See what I did there? As the Indians host the Cubs in World Series game number one. Also, two other NBA games going on tonight. The Jazz take on the Trailblazers, and the Spurs take on the Warriors. That should be a fun game. That's at 9.30 Central. So lots lot of sports to get to on this Tuesday. And, of course, we start talking about football. Texans fall to the Broncos last night 27-9. Not a good homecoming for Brock Osweiler. Struggled against a good Denver Broncos defense. And uh, it was C.J. Anderson and Devontae Booker handling the load for the Broncos last night. Now we move on as far as the Saints are concerned after falling to the Chiefs on Sunday. They get ready for the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, a noon central kick. And the Seahawks had an interesting game on Sunday Night Football, tying the Arizona Cardinals 6-6. to I-, I couldn't watch all of that. Just could not take uh, all the miscues from both teams, including the special teams from both teams in overtime. So it should be an interesting game at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. But today we'll talk fantasy football with Jake Seely from RotoExperts.com. He'll kind of get you ready. If you have any questions for him, um, you can follow him at All in kid as he does a great job uh, with the Fantasy Sports Network. And it'll be our Fantasy Focus presented by Campbell Soup. We'll kind of focus on the Texans who are, whose offense is struggling this year. And, uh, of course, we'll get to some waiver pickups and also talk about Michael Thomas, the nice new target for Drew Brees here in New Orleans. As I mentioned, it's a Pelicans game day tomorrow against the Denver Nuggets. So we'll continue our preview. We had Joel Myers on yesterday with Sean Kelly. And of course, it is Tuesday, which means Jim offer from Pelicans.com will join me to kind of preview the week in general, as it is a tough week for the Pelicans. They take on the Warriors on Friday night here at the Smoothie King Center and then Saturday against the San Antonio Spurs. But of course, we'll focus on tomorrow night's matchup as well against the Denver Nuggets. So let's get right to it. So we have Jim Mike Offer from Pelicans.com next, and then Jake Seely, and then we'll wrap things up here from the Smoothie King Center. Stay with us. This is the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report.
2: We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's chunky soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere try the delicious chunky chicken and sausage gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the
0: great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first class golf, to fan-pleasing fun, and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for
3: tickets today. The offseason is finally over, and Anthony Davis and the Pelicans are back in action, celebrating opening week at the Smoothie King Center. The season tips off with a visiting Denver Nuggets coming to town this Wednesday, October 26th at 7 p.m. All fans in attendance will receive a red opening night t-shirt, courtesy of Smoothie King. Following that, the team takes on Steph Curry and newly acquired Kevin Durant on Friday night at 8.30. Win the night with your family and friends. Visit Pelicans.com for tickets to these matchups today.
0: We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. As we always do on Tuesdays, it's time to talk Pelicans with Jim offer from Pelicans.com. But this Tuesday is a little different because the regular season is finally here. Pelicans open up against the Denver Nuggets tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at the Smoothie King Center. And I know, Jim, uh, first of all, glad to have you on. Second, I think everyone's ready for regular season basketball, don't you say?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's... It's great to be here. The first day of the regular season, to me, is always fun. It's always exciting. It's just the start of what's going to be six or seven months or eight months of of basketball, which, as you know, I love. So I'm always excited the first day of the season, even if the Pelicans aren't playing until tomorrow night. Um, I'm ready to go, ready to to watch some basketball. There is some
1: basketball tonight then, so Cleveland will get their rings uh, tonight as well. Are you going to be watching more of that or the World Series? I know you're a baseball fan a little bit. How are you going to balance that out? That's a tough situation. I think
4: it's a little tougher call this year because I'm so interested in the Cubs situation. But with it being only game one of the World Series, to be honest with you, I'll probably watch more of the basketball depending on how the uh, the basketball game goes. I know they actually moved up the start of the Cavs-Knicks game a little bit, to, which I think was because of the World Series to stagger it a little bit more. So might be able to catch a little bit of both, but, um, but um, I'm, I'm excited for, for both. But really the first – I feel like no matter who's playing the first game of the NBA season, I, I'm going to be watching that just because it's just great to have it, have, it, have it back finally.
1: All right, so before we get into Pelicans and Nuggets and the week ahead, let's talk about this Pelicans roster, which was finalized yesterday with the Pelicans waving Alonzo G, meaning Lance Stevenson, who um, wasn't originally on the 15-man roster, does make the roster
4: after training camp. What was your reaction with the move? Well, the way that it's been described, I think, by several people, including Alvin Gentry today or yesterday after practice, was um, it's it's more of a fit thing. It wasn't like Lance Stevenson necessarily beat out, quote-unquote, Alonzo G for the last roster spot. I think it's really more of what they need, and I think um, judging from preseason, I think Lance is a guy that can create shots. He is kind of a playmaker, and I think that's that might be more of what they need, you know. Obviously, given the circumstances of Drew Holiday's not with the team right now, um, you need more guys. Maybe that can that can create their own shot or set people up, which Lance can do both of those things. Alonzo's more of a guy that kind of feeds off other players. So I think that was you know one of my takes takeaways from the decision that they made was just that it it, ma- it makes more sense in terms of what the team needs overall. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of last season where there were a couple guys that got cut at the you know right before the season because the Pelicans needed point guards. It was not necessarily anything you know against those guys. It was just a situation where you had a couple point guards out. You had to start Nate Robinson on opening night. You signed Ish Smith I think a day before the the opening game. So I mean it's kind of similar in some ways this year where it's it's a lot of it is a positional thing and a need thing. Right, with Drew Holiday and Tyreek out, you definitely need a little more depth at guard, um, that's for sure. So we'll see
1: how Lance does um, tomorrow night against Nuggets. Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets a little bit. Um, A team that's a young team, but I feel like an up-and-coming team, not necessarily maybe this season, but I know they're a team on the rise as far as their young talent. Jamal Murray they drafted, you have Emmanuel Moutier, you have Jokic. I mean, this Nuggets team is young, but they are talented.
4: Yeah, they are. I think they're one of the teams that they're very much under the radar because it seems like they're one of those teams that nationally people don't talk about very much. I think they won low 30s last year. That combined with the fact that they don't really have a big name guy, definitely no one even close to the level of star power or recognition of Anthony Davis. They're one of those teams that people don't really talk about very much, but I am interested to watch them this year because I think they made some really nice steps forward last season and. I'm curious to see how much they they kind of build on that. They have a nice core of, of young players and um, I think that made them an, an interesting team to watch last year that that came up with some wins that you were kind of like, "Wow, I didn't think they could they could pull that off," but and ended up with a, you know, a, a decent season for a team that is a, that's as young as they are. So last year if you remember the open the season the Pelicans
1: got the Golden State Warriors, they Portland Trail Blazers and then back to the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. This year, yes, the Denver Nuggets are the first game of the season, but the NBA was so kind to give us the Warriors again in game number two. Oh yeah, with Kevin Durant, and then a nice back-to-back with the San Antonio Spurs, who are no slouch as well. Um, right. I don't know if we have offended the NBA in any way, but another, another tough week to start the season, Jim.
4: Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I don't know how you can have a tougher back-to-back than to play a team that won 73 games on Friday and then... Play a team that won 67 games on Saturday. I'm sure that's never happened in no. in hit league history where your t- two teams you're playing averaged 70 wins last year. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a tough uh, way to start the season. They play Golden State in I think the seventh game as well. So you have them twice in the in the first couple weeks of the season. So um, very challenging. Um, very important to to win at home against everyone. I know it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a challenge against Golden State, but I'm looking forward to that because that's actually Golden State's only second game of the season. So they play, coincidentally, they play the Spurs tonight, and then their next game is is, in, is here in the in the Smoothing King Center against New Orleans. I want to play, I don't want to say devil's advocate,
1: but and this could be crazy, but I just think back, I think we've talked about this before, when this kind of reminds me of the Big Three of Miami where they started out kind of slow just because they were getting acclimated with each other they start off like nine and nine nine and ten everyone was freaking out do you think there's a chance that this could be like golden state where they're still trying to figure things out so they might be a little more vulnerable than maybe if we played them game 30 or 40 now you get them twice in the span of seven games granted i know how talented they are and with (laughs) kevin durant they are ridiculously talented but is there any way to look at them and think hey They might be trying to figure this thing out just like the Pelicans are as well.
4: It's not a bad theory. I mean, I definitely can buy the idea that you'd rather play them in the first couple weeks of the season than you would in January or February when they've played 50, 60 games together and they have everything kind of set in place in terms of what everyone's role is, you know, who's getting shots where, you know, someone's going to have to sacrifice maybe more than one of their key guys is going to have to sacrifice shots. So it might take a little while for them to sort that all out and and, and kind of not step on each other's toes and also not be too passive to the point where you're taking away from your own game and, and what you do well. So, yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to that. I mean, we'll see what happens in these first couple games that uh, the Pelicans play against them early in the season. It's not going to be easy no matter how you, how you put it. But, um, but, yeah, I think I'd rather play them this, their second game of the season than, than later in the year. I had a caller call in on, I think it was Thursday night, for the Alvin Gentry show. Or I think it was
1: post game, either one. I thought he had a good question of, and he asked me this question is what constitutes a good season as far as what are expectations? How many wins would you be satisfied with? And it's a hard question given what Pelicans were last year, 30 and 52. My answer was 500 at least, 41 mm-hmm. and 41, 42 and 40, getting close to the playoffs or even make the playoffs. Is that realistic? I mean, for for you. What do you think constitutes a good season? What are expectations? What are goals for this team that was, you know, predicted to be a playoff team again last year? I know injuries had a big part to that. But what is your expectations heading into this season?
4: I mean, I would agree pretty much 100% with what you said about uh, having a, finishing with a winning record this year would be a great step, even if it's not doesn't clear 500 by a ton. Um, if you had a winning record after what what happened last year, you'd you'd have to be happy with that if you could jump double-digit wins improvement-wise from last year. Um, if you make the playoffs, I think it's a successful year for sure. The West is really good. Um, you know, Obviously, this team is coming into the season with its starting point guard not available, a couple other guys out that are pretty key. So you don't know what kind of start you're going to get off to to the season. So I think at the end of the day, when you factor in everything right now, if they are able to make the playoffs, I think you'd be really happy with that because you'd be able to get back on the track that you were on two years ago when you did make the playoffs and ended that season, you know, on, on in a pretty good position even though you got swept by Golden State. So, yeah, I would say a winning record. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, there's been so many injuries the last few years. Um, that's factored into a lot of the results. But I, I, I don't feel like that anyone with the with a core group of guys, I know it's changed a little bit this year, I think people see this as a team that can win, that can have a winning record. So, um I do think that's that's realistic as far as expectations that, you know, y- you can play 500 ball or maybe better than that and, and, and put yourself – I definitely want to be in, in, in watch a team that's in, in the playoff race this year. It seemed like early to mid-March last year that kind of went away. So, I mean, that's one of the first things is I want to see a team that, that can contend and be in the race and make for an interesting 82-game season. I think we the Pelicans definitely have to
1: avoid a 1-11 start uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, even if you sure. hang around for 500 until Drew and Tyreek come back, I think that'd be a win for the Pelicans. I know there was a lot of optimism last year with a new coach, a new system. You thought, all right, you won 45 games the year before. You know, a lot of people predicting 50 wins for us. You know, five, fifth seed, four seed. You know, make that rise with a new coach. Unfortunately, that did not pan out. But and maybe I don't know what the fans as far as optimism is, but at least around the building. I feel like there's a different type of optimism floating around here as far as a new season, seven new guys in the mix on the Pelicans roster. So a pretty decent turnover from last year. Do you feel that same kind of, I guess, different type of optimism that I'm explaining, or is that just me?
4: No, I, I definitely sense that. I feel like people are are definitely looking forward to the season. And, and, and to be completely honest with you, I think part of it is just we're everyone's glad that last season is over. I mean, it was one of the most brutal experiences that a a team in the NBA can have to have as much go wrong as what happened last year with all the injuries and just to an absurd level at times we were looking around and saying, like, how is this even possible? So, um, I think some of it is just I'm I don't know, I can't speak for other people, but I'm happy to be zero and zero and, you know, preseason is one thing, but I'm ready for real regular season basketball. So, I mean, part of it for me is I'm just glad to be back at at, at at zero again instead of be face kind of the uphill climb and slog that was pretty much the entire season last year. It's it's just good to, to have a clean slate and kind of go forward from there. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, to be honest, both of us are kind of ready for last season to end, and I
1: think now we're kind of ready for this season to begin. Like you mentioned, everyone starts zero and zero until tonight when tip-off happens between the Cleveland Cavaliers. I believe they're playing the Knicks tonight. Yeah, that's they're different.
4: hosting the Knicks, yep.
1: Good luck to the Knicks there, getting the ring ceremony <laughs> and, the, and the Cleveland Indians right across the street there. I know LeBron wanted the retractable roof so he can hear all the noise going, but <laughs> boy, the Knicks, that's going to be a tough one on the ring ceremony. It's always I, tough. The Pelicans have that experience. You know, ring ceremonies are never easy.
4: Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what we faced exactly a year ago when we went to Golden State for the opener and, I mean, that was even tougher because of you had guys that you just signed that were in the starting lineup or playing big minutes that night. So, but yeah, that the, the Pelicans can definitely, they definitely know what the Knicks are going to be dealing with tonight in that ring ceremony game. Jim looking forward to Wednesday night against the nuggets and we'll have you on a uh,
1: post game. We'll bring you back on there and we'll have some fun with some of the callers. Sounds good.
4: Sounds good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I'm really, really enjoyed being part of the post game call in radio show for most of the home games last year. And I'll, I'm excited to do that again this year. All right. When we come back, we'll talk some fantasy football with Jake Seely. Stay with us. This is the Tuesday edition
1: of the Black and Blue.
2: Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to
3: invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after
2: day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old, with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances.
0: We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference.
3: Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-OCHSNER or visit auctioner.org.
1: Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee
0: high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully
4: smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors. Vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon
0: latte and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies coffee for your mind and protein for your body only at smoothie king smoothies with a purpose
2: what's up black and gold fans this is anthony mackie samoa soldier drew Brees disciple you are listening to the black and blue report
1: Welcome back to the show. Of course, it is Tuesday, which means it's time to talk fantasy football. And joining me now, as always, is Jake Seely from RotoExperts.com, part of our fantasy focus, presented by Campbell's Soup. Jake, hope this Tuesday finds you well.
3: Uh, mostly well.
1: Mostly well. Your team did okay this week?
3: Yeah, I suffered one of those you were the second highest scoring team and faced the highest scoring team type of weeks in one of the leagues and uh, had another just rough one. I actually have one team with DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, and Jordy Nelson all on the same team. So I thought my season was going to be terrific for that one, but not so much. You can see that you know we just can never totally predict what's going to happen.
1: Nope, that's for sure. And I'm glad he mentioned DeAndre Hopkins because he's also on one of my teams. I think he and the Texans offense has not helped fantasy owners this season. Um, Should we be concerned not only with Hopkins, but I don't know if anyone's starting Osweiler, but maybe Maybe even Lamar Miller and some of the other receivers for Texans should we be concerned right now I
3: don't think we should be actually too concerned I think it's going to get a little bit better for them you start immediately with this week against the Lions and if you look at them there are three losses the three really terrible games and no Osweiler hasn't been that good and DeAndre Hopkins hasn't been terrific by any he definitely hasn't been the DeAndre Hopkins of last year but if you look at it at the Broncos at the Vikings at the Patriots or their three terrible games their three losses and they've had some weaker games outside of that but those are Two terrific defenses in the Vikings and Broncos, and then another pretty good one in the Patriots. And again, it's in New England. I don't think we expect that for a lot of teams. So DeAndre Hawkins are looking at going forward uh, the Lions, Jaguars, Raiders, Chargers, and then they got the Packers, which may be on the road, but their pass defense isn't that good. The Colts, Jaguars, Bengals. like There's not really anybody left on the schedule where you're that worried about. So I think that Osweiler could ev- – I wouldn't want to do it, but if you're desperate because of the next two bye weeks, you might be able to use him for a week or two just on the matchups. But I think DeAndre Hopkins and Omar Miller would be just fine. And if anything, I think DeAndre Hopkins is a terrific bye-low candidate after yesterday.
1: Good to know. All right, Jay Ajahi has been uh, killing it for fantasy the last two weeks, <laughs> over 200 yards. I know no one expected this, and then now you have Arian Foster retire. Where would you rank him as far as uh, running backs?
3: I think he's an RB1 going forward, and I think he's in the conversation to be inside the top ten. The biggest thing about Jay Ajayi is he's always had the talent. This team has just really never given him the opportunity, and we saw what happened last year with Lamar Miller in this team. But it's a new coaching staff, and Adam Gase messed around with the backfield and said, hey, we need to knock this off himself. And finally they started using Ajayi. Foster was barely mixed in after he came back from his injury and as you mentioned, retired, so now it's just his backfield. The thing is, and what is the one deficiency of his game, is that he's still not very adept in the passing game, especially when it comes to pass blocking and catching the ball. As you saw last game, as terrific as it was, barely used in the passing game. But at the same time, this is what I keep telling everybody, remember Alfred Morris in his terrific seasons. I think it was 2011 and 12 in that range. He can be Alfred Morris, and those are top five, top ten running back numbers. You don't need to be involved in the passing game. You would like to see it. But he doesn't have to be. Kenyon Drake can fill that role. Uh, obviously, for anybody who does own you, giant with Foster retiring, go pick up Damian Williams as your handcuff because this is about the time of the season where you start bend, you start stashing these handcuffs. But going forward, I have full confidence in tonight.
1: What about uh, he's probably one of the guys you want for the second half of the season. I know next week will be officially halfway through. But which player or two do you want for the second half of the season? Maybe you want to try a trade for or even we'll go to waiver wires in a second, but even someone to maybe keep your eye on in the future for waiver pickups.
3: Yeah, I think if you talk about DeAndre Hopkins, a similar situation to him is I'm buying low on both Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall. You, you know, we look at both of their situations. They have quarterbacks coming back. You know, firing 6 Patrick Marshall was brief, and it was because Geno Smith got hurt that he is coming back. But he's going to be feeding Brandon Marshall a ton of targets every single week. He is the better passer between between him and Geno Smith. So you expect better numbers for him if you look at schedule two. I think we all kind of – not give enough credit to what Eric Decker brought to this offense, and it's not the same offense without him. That being said, you can't ignore somebody of Brandon Marshall's talent seeing double-digit targets per game with Fitzpatrick at quarterback. So I'm buying low on him. And in the same situation with Alshon Jeffrey, Jay Cutler's going to be back at quarterback. That means double-digit targets for Alshon Jeffrey. We don't know who else Jay Cutler is going to go to. It's not going to be the same situation. So who knows outside of Jeffrey? I think both these guys can get back to their one, wide receiver one statuses and help you win a league. And I'll go a little bit deeper real quick. For running backs, this a low that probably people aren't looking at. But I'm going to actually say Jonathan Stewart, if you need running back help, because if you look at the schedule the rest of the way, uh, not the best the next two weeks with the Cardinals and Rams, but then after that, there is not one team on there that you're scared of. And they get, he gets the Chargers, the Redskins. Oh, actually, there's the Seahawks. So maybe, okay, one week. <laughs> but he's getting the Chargers, the Seahawks, and Raiders, and Falcons. And there's just a terrific schedule going forward for him.
1: All right, give me two or three waiver pickups to look out for this week.
3: Uh, Hopefully, you know, you were able to scoop up J.H.I. back when we were talking about him and Jaquiz Rogers and people like that, but if the assumption that Lashawn McCoy sits out this week, which I think everybody expected to happen last week, and then we saw that entire mess, so assuming they do the smart thing and hold him out this week, you have to go get Mike Gillisley. I do think Reggie Bush will sneak in a little bit of carries, but it's going to be Gillisley leading that backfield. And forget the fact that, We're worried about his talent when it comes to a full workload. It's the six teams on a bye for the next two weeks. Anybody with a starting lead role as a running back has to be owned and likely starting for your team. If you're digging a little bit deeper, Matt Jones started losing touches to Chris Thompson again, and Chris Thompson in PPR value at least has starter value. And then at wide receiver, stick with that team. You know, I think you'll remember this. A few weeks ago I said, what does Kenny Britt have to do for people to start picking him up? I'm going to say the same thing about Jamison Crowder now. What does Jamison Crowder <laughs> have to do for people to give him respect? He's wide receiver 27 on the year, and that's standard leagues for people that think he's only a PPR guy. He's actually second on the team in receptions and first in yards and touchdowns. I don't know what more he has to do for the fact that he's still so low owned a percentage. You can pick him up and start him immediately.
1: All right, good to know. How about Michael Thomas for the Saints? Um, he had a great week against the Kansas City Chiefs. I know you've been high on him. Uh, these past couple weeks, um, how is he ranked for you as maybe now Brees' number one target? I know Cooks is a guy as well, but where would you rank Michael Thomas right now? He's playing well. Uh, I'll
3: tell you the tweet that I sent out that I, I'm, I'm happy. He actually liked it, too. <laughs>
1: it's,
3: it's nice to see that Michael Thomas is finally getting the respect as the new Marcus Colston and number one wide receiver for Drew Brees, and he, of course, liked it. It's, it's true that you remember we, we started at the beginning of the season, I said that he is going to fit the Marcus Colston role and the fact that He's a slot flanker. He plays from that position. He eats up the middle of the field in the red zone. And that's what's been so valuable for him was the touchdowns at this point. And then last week, he doesn't get the touchdown, but it doesn't matter because he's got 10 catches for over 100 yards. He is becoming the new Marcus Colston. And we know, all of us know who are talking about the Saints, know how valuable that was in this offense. I think Brandon Cook is still the number one as of today, and he brings such big playability that it's hard to – not have him as a number one wide receiver for this team, but he's definitely pushing it. He's pushed past Willie Sneed at this point for consistency for that option there, and as we've seen him absorbing the middle of the field, it's kind of hurt Kobe Fleener a little bit, so it's going to kind of depend on what the matchups are, whether or not Kobe Fleener has consistent value, but Michael Thomas going forward, in my mind from what we've seen in the, the ability he brings to separate from wide receivers and be that red zone presence, I think he's a top 25 wide receiver the
1: rest of the way. All right, so if you don't have him, pick him up. And if you do have him, keep him, that's for sure. That's yeah. Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Campbell's Soup. Jake, appreciate it as always, and enjoy the game starting on Thursday.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, thank you.
1: You too. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. <laughs> From sunup to
0: sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for tickets today. Don't miss any of the New Orleans Pelicans action this season. Pick the four games that are right for you. The Pelicans Pick 4 plan presented by Domino's guarantees seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including matchups against Golden State and Cleveland. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free medium one topping pizza from Domino's. To pick your four games, visit pelicans.com today.
1: Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future.
0: Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport.
1: All right, time to wrap things up here from our Smoothie King Center studios in downtown New Orleans. Big thanks to Jim offer from Pelicans.com and Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. Tomorrow, A game day edition of the Black and Blue Report. Sean Kelly will get you ready for Pelicans and Nuggets opening night here at the Smoothie King Center. Tickets still available, 504-525-HOOP. And, of course, we'll get you ready for another uh, week of Saints football against the Seahawks. David Wesley on the Pelican side, I forgot to mention, will be on the show, of course, previewing tonight's game as uh, Fox Sports New Orleans will make their season debut with Joel Myers, David Wesley and Jen Hale on the call. Enjoy the basketball tonight. Enjoy the World Series. And if you're a Cubs or Indians fan, whew, this is going to be a stressful couple of weeks for you guys, but I'll enjoy the ride as a third-party watcher tonight uh, for sure. All right, that'll do it for today's show. And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies a better choice for insurance if all goes well we'll be back tomorrow tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com follow your teams direct from the source the black and blue report